0: Hey guys, this is Chelsea Eithoven and you're listening to Vibrancy Radio. I spent the better part of two decades in pursuit of shrinking my body, but diet after diet, I still never felt enough. And I don't know about you, but the last word I would use to describe myself while on a diet is vibrant. After becoming a certified health and nutrition coach, I finally dropped the diets, learned to trust my body again, and rediscovered the vibrancy that was within me all along. And now I help women like you do the same. Vibrancy Radio is your new go-to resource for science-backed nutritional knowledge, major mindset shifts, and body image breakthroughs. So if you're ready to stop feeling so dang stressed about food all the time and start focusing on all the things that make you unique and vibrant, then welcome to the show. Hey, hey, welcome back to Vibrancy Radio, or welcome if it's your first time joining. I'm Chelsea Eithoven, a holistic health and wellness coach, and I'm so happy you're here. It's kind of funny. I was trying to start out my podcast with something other than Hey, hey, but for some reason, other podcasters will know this. That's just like my automatic go to, and it feels weird to do anything else. So I'll try out some other intros maybe in the future, but not today. (laughs) So let's dive in. Let's start with the thing that I'm loving this week. And again, if it's your first time here, I always start with a thing that I'm loving this week and that could be absolutely anything. It could be a mindset shift, it could be a product, it could be a book, could be a podcast, could be really absolutely anything. So, the thing that I'm loving this week is kind of a concept or a mindset shift. And that is looking at cleaning as a form of movement. So, a lot of us here in the United States, I can't speak for other countries. But recently in the United States, a lot of us have been getting some pretty icky weather with the exception of like California and Florida, right? (laughs) And we're at the tail end of winter. So that means that some days I can't take a walk because it's either raining or it's been snowing here. And other days, I just don't want to walk in the cold. I'm actually from Florida originally and now live in North Mississippi And it gets freaking cold here and I'm not used to it, but I do want to get my movement in, especially since I work from home and I'm just sitting on my booty all day. So I've been loving reframing how I look at movement and getting my steps in and opening up the possibilities to look at different ways to get my steps in versus just going on a walk. So recently, I've been cleaning my house as a form of movement, and particularly this looks like vacuuming or tidying things up that have gotten out of place throughout the week or wiping down the counters. It's basically just 30 minutes to an hour of walking and getting movement in. And also, I always pop in my headphones with a murder podcast. By the way, my two favorites are Red Handed and Crime Junkies. Do any of you guys listen to those? Oh my gosh, they're so freaking good. And I just pop those in and listen to it. And before I know it, an hour has flown by and it's kind of killing two birds with one stone because my house is clean and I got some movement in. So that is what I've been loving this week, especially with the cold weather. All right, let's dive into the topic of today's episode. So after I announced my ADHD diagnosis on Instagram last week, and I also... Release this podcast, I was really shocked in a great way about how many of you messaged me with support. I really, really appreciate that so much. If you were one of those people, thank you so much. I appreciate it more than you know, because it was actually really scary for me to share that with you guys. And I put it off for quite a while. I mean, I really could have shared this whole process as I was going through it, but I was just kind of nervous. So I didn't. And I waited until I had my diagnosis. And then even then I procrastinated a week because I was kind of nervous how it would come across, you know? So thank you so much if you messaged me with support. And I was also shocked at how many of you reached out and said that you think you also might have ADHD. I had a, like I didn't expect any of those messages. I was shocked. So, a lot of you wanted to know about what the process of diagnosis was like. So that is exactly what I'm going to share with you today. Now, I will say so many people have completely different experiences. In the process of getting diagnosed. So I just want to be clear, I am just sharing my experience. This is what it was like for me. That doesn't mean that this is what it's going to be like for you or what it's like every single time. In fact, I've heard many, many different stories talking about this topic. I've heard lots of people's different experiences, and it seems to always vary at least a little bit. So I'll share everything with you from my experience. Like, everything, the good, the bad, and the ugly, because it wasn't all easy peasy, you know, walking on sunshine. Before we talk about that, and I share with you my, what the diagnostic process, diagnosis process was like for me, I want to discuss privilege because to me, this conversation cannot be had without mentioning privilege. The ability for me to get a diagnosis, to be able to have access to a doctor, to go to a therapist, and to even have access to treatment and medication, all of these things are a privilege that I absolutely cannot ignore or deny. I have healthcare, and we luckily also had the financial means to get a diagnosis because this process is not cheap. And just to be completely transparent so far we've spent about $900 through this process. So it's not cheap. And it's, I want to acknowledge that this isn't available to all people. And I understand that, you know, and I want this podcast to be valuable for those of you that are going to seek a diagnosis through the traditional way of going to a doctor and the process that I'm going to talk about. But I also want this podcast to be a v- valuable to people who might not have that as an option as well. So, if you suspect you have ADHD, but you aren't able to seek a diagnosis at this time, I'm also going to be discussing a few resources that are either free or very low cost that are available to you that will help you just learn more about what ADHD is. And a lot of these free resources actually have excellent suggestions of accommodations and ways that you can work with your brain so that you can be successful and essentially learn to kind of treat yourself to the best ability that you can. So those resources will be near the end of the episode. I haven't gathered that many thus far because as you know, I haven't been on, I haven't been diagnosed for very long or even learning about ADHD for that long. So I will just share with you what I have, what I what I have gathered so far to be good, valuable information sources, and I'll share those with you. Okay, so what did my diagnosis process look like? This is how it went for me. And as I mentioned in the last episode, I did have some discussions that kind of sparked my intrigue with ADHD or my interest. And if you haven't listened to that episode, I recommend you go back and listen to that because I also discuss in detail the symptoms I was experiencing that made me think that this might be a possibility. So if you think this might be a possibility for you too, go back and listen to that episode, it's titled something about ADHD in adult women. I can't remember exactly what I titled it, <laughs> but it's go back and listen to that one. Cause that one could be really helpful for you as well. Now, after I had those conversations, I started the process with research before I even booked an appointment with a doctor or anything like that, I absorbed as much information as I could about ADHD to see if this was really a possibility for me. Like I'm talking, I dug deep, but that's what I do. And also if you have ADHD, you might do this as well. You get like obsessed with stuff and you, that's all you want to think about, talk about, learn about for quite a while. And that's kind of what I did. I hyper-focused on ADHD symptoms for a while. And I did feel as I was reading them and taking taking lots of quizzes online, like I believe it's Attitude. It's a website all about ADD and ADHD, and there was a questionnaire, so that could be a good resource for you to take that questionnaire to see if it's a possibility that you do have ADHD. So I didn't want to just go into my doctor willy-nilly. I did a lot of research first and after i did sufficient research and realized that i think this really could be something i was experiencing i didn't know where to start so i booked two appointments at once i booked a session with a therapist and a session with a doctor so just like a primary care physician which mine is a nurse practitioner i will say i had i didn't have a doctor here in 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 North Mississippi. And I also didn't have a doctor when I lived in New Orleans. I just, I never go to the doctor. It's not something I do. That sounds so terrible, but I really don't have a whole lot of ailments. So I also didn't have a therapist. So it was kind of hard to find these people, to find somebody in my network and pick which one I wanted from all the hundreds of people on my healthcare network, and then actually book an appointment. And it doesn't sound like it, but it's a lot of steps. And for somebody with ADHD, this can feel super overwhelming and you can tend to put it off for a really long time. But if you have access to it, I highly encourage you to push through the discomfort of figuring all the things out and just do it. Just take the first step. Just say, I'm going to look on my healthcare card and I'm just going to look at the website of providers. That's all I'm going to do today. And that feels less overwhelming and likely you will, once you get on the website, feel a little bit more motivation to continue the other steps. I promise you, if you have the availability to do this, it is so worth it. From the other end, it's so worth it. So if you can, definitely do that. So I booked those two appointments. And first up, I had the appointment with a therapist. And I'll be honest, (laughs) this experience did not go well at all. Like I said, I want to share the good, the bad, and the ugly with you. This was pretty pretty ugly (laughs) for me. So before I discuss how the appointment went with a therapist, I will give you some backup information about me. And I believe I've discussed this on the podcast before, but I'll I'll talk about it again because it's really relevant right now. So when I was about 23, I was diagnosed with bipolar disorder. And I now actually believe that was a misdiagnosis for ADHD because of the many shared characteristics that ADHD and bipolar disorder have, and likely also probably a poor explanation of what I was going through on my part. I mean, I was 23. I was kind of a hot mess. I was going through a lot. And I also, if you have ADHD, it can be really hard to cohesively get your thoughts out and and say all the things that you wanted to say, and say them in the correct order that doesn't, your brain is just spouting at you so many different things. It's like constant buzzing thoughts that come with ADHD. It can be really hard to have the patience to explain yourself thoroughly and really dissect all of your life patterns. So I think it was a combination of of that, just not being able to explain myself well, and the fact that bipolar and ADHD can look really similar. So that diagnosis never really settled well to me. I never felt that that was actually accurate. I tried to accept it for a while. And I think I took medication for it for about six months. But I it never felt really true. I and luckily, I didn't take that on as truth. So I stopped taking the medication that I was prescribed, like I said, probably about six months after I was diagnosed. And at that point, I really did a lifestyle overhaul, which is when I began my intense interest in health and wellness, which undoubtedly improved symptoms and mood, right? Like especially working out. That's when I realized that I needed to and wanted to work out every single day. And it improved my mental health so much. Oh my gosh. And now a lot of people do say that, I'm realizing now that a lot of people say that Exercise is like therapy for people with ADHD, and that's so true for me, especially if you have the hyperactive uh, component, which I do. I have the combined type, so I have inattentive and hyperactive tendencies. Working out is such a game changer. I have to move my body every day. But anyway, so that was that was my experience. So I already, when I you fill out like a beginning questionnaire when you go into a therapy appointment with a new therapist... And going into that session, I had on that page already disclosed that I had bipolar. I was diagnosed with bipolar disorder at one point and that I just stopped taking medication after six months and that I didn't believe I had bipolar disorder, right? So I understand that that could have raised some red flags, that that crossed my mind many a time. I didn't go into that not thinking that. In fact, I was worried that this was what happened. Would This would be what would happen. So I do think going into that therapy session, this therapist already had in her mind that I had bipolar disorder and was somehow just disillusioned. And um, I don't know. I don't know what she thought. But after talking with her, that was the impression that I got. And she actually did say that. She thought beforehand, she thought I had bipolar. So we talked and it was the first time therapy session. And we talked about ADHD symptoms. She asked me what I wanted to come in and talk about. And I said, ADHD, of course, I wanted to know more about it. I wanted to understand I wanted her perspective. So we talked about ADHD symptoms for maybe five minutes, maybe like I'm talking barely scratched the surface. And then she started asking me questions about childhood trauma and family relations and things like that. Of course, it's a beginning therapy session. So, you know, she's trying to cover all the bases. So I didn't, I didn't pressure or push or try to lead the conversation in any way. I let her do that. That's not my job, you know? And so we did end up talking about like childhood trauma and all that kind of stuff, For the remainder of the session. So we talked about ADHD symptoms for about five minutes. She asked me why I thought I had that. I probably confusedly spouted off a couple things because I was kind of nervous and didn't just, it was my first time talking about this stuff. I wasn't sure how to discuss it yet. And we talked about my childhood the rest of the time. And at the end of that session, she said, would you like my opinion? And I said, sure. Like, of course. Yeah, that's why I'm here. And she told me she thought that I did either have bipolar disorder or anxiety due to my childhood. And I said, well, you know, I, I do feel like I present a lot of the ADHD symptoms. And she said, well, like what? And I said, well, like impulsivity. And I, I just started naming off a couple things that comes with impulsivity. And she said, well, those are symptoms of bipolar disorder which she's not wrong, but it overlaps with symptoms of ADHD. So for her to have ruled that out right away. And, and I was just, after that appointment, I felt so frustrated and like I wasn't heard. I wasn't listened to my opinion in the matter did not matter. And that was a really discouraging moment. I felt very discouraged after that. So I share this with you because I want you to understand that from this, I took my takeaway from this is that you don't always have to take the first opinion, especially if it doesn't feel right. And it can be really difficult and frustrating to explain yourself when you do have ADHD. And it's just, it's actually a part of the sin of ADHD is having a hard time explaining yourself. So I think I just got lost in the conversation and forgot to direct it back to what I was really struggling with in the moment. And I know so many people have experiences like this already. I've had people tell me their stories like this. So if this happens to you, I just want to tell you, don't be discouraged. Of course, if it happens multiple times, it's you absolutely need to consider their opinion, right? If you have multiple people telling you this same thing, then definitely be open to changing your mind because it could be something else, right? And I was open. I was very open. And in fact, I looked up all, just as I did research on ADHD, I did research on bipolar again, like I did when I was younger and anxiety. And I didn't resonate with the symptoms or the stories. I did resonate with some of the the, the impulsivity of bipolar disorder and the hyperfocus, but Nothing else. So I just say that to say, don't lose hope and advocate for yourself. I mean, somebody talking to you for one hour cannot replace or take more value than your lived experiences that you've had for your entire life. Don't worry, it gets better from here. (laughs) So that was my first experience. And like I said, I booked therapy and a doctor's appointment at the same time. So next up was my doctor's appointment. And I went to my doctor. And I'll be honest at this point, oh yeah, it doesn't get better quite yet, but I'll be honest at this point, I did feel that I was met with some judgment and I do feel that that is really common. So I made an appointment with a doctor and the nurse was talking to me first and asked me what was the primary reason for visiting. And I said, I wanted to talk to her about possible ADHD. I think I might have ADHD and I wanted to discuss it with her. And the nurse said, okay, And the doctor walked in, or the nurse practitioner, and she did not say hello. She did not greet me. What she said was, so you want ADD medication? And I was kind of flustered. and to be honest, I was afraid of this. I was afraid of judgment, and I was so scared. and that's what happened again. So it it's something that we are faced with a lot of judgment and scrutiny and suspicious people thinking that we just want the medication. So if you're met with this, just keep persevering. You're not the only one, and I know it stinks and it doesn't feel good. But i I also do understand why people are suspicious. I mean, The medication is highly abused by a lot of people, so it's not unreasonable for for a doctor to suspect that, although I do think it's a little inappropriate to shame somebody who possibly does actually have ADHD, which ended up being the case in my case, and making them feel feel bad about trying to pursue help. And I think that discourages a lot of people from actually pursuing help, which is a real shame. So... She said that, and I was like, no, I don't want ADD medication. I don't even know if I have ADD or ADHD. I just wanted to talk to you because I think I might have ADHD, and I didn't really know where else to go. So after that, she she told me, she said, well, you do know the diagnostic process takes a really long time, right? Like it's like a three and a half hour test. It's really extensive. They dive super deep. And my response to that was great. That is exactly what I want. And I think that helped maybe ease her, her worries that I was just trying to get medication because I think somebody who was just trying to get medication wouldn't want a really thorough diagnos- like diagnosis process, right? If they didn't really think they had ADHD. So after that, she said, she told, she referred me to the psychiatrist's office who does these diagnosis and the, does the diagnosis process. And she did say that it takes a long time to get in. They have a long waiting list. It's a long process. It's a, a thorough process. It's expensive, all of these things. But to that, I, I felt really good about that because honestly, I didn't want to just walk into an office and tell someone I couldn't focus, and have a diagnosis and medication thrown at me. I did not want that at all. I wanted a thorough and comprehensive assessment to actually know if what I'm struggling with was ADHD, or maybe it was something else. ADHD has many, many lookalikes, and you can struggle with ADHD symptoms, but just not as frequent as people with ADHD. So there's a lot of a lot of wiggle room there. And I didn't want to yet again, be misdiagnosed. So some of ADHD's lookalikes are anxiety, depression, like I mentioned, bipolar disorder, even blood sugar issues and things like that. Lots of other things have things in common with ADHD. So it's commonly misdiagnosed. And I mentioned this in my last episode, I believe, but also, for women, it's much more likely that you're going to get diagnosed with a mood disorder, so something like anxiety, depression, bipolar, than get to get diagnosed with ADHD. Unfortunately, we all, I mean even though doctors are experts, they're also human and they have inherent bias and we do tend to assume that something that women will be struggling with would be a mood disorder versus ADHD. And we assume something men is struggling with is ADHD. So men might be diagnosed with, with ADHD when they actually have a mood disorder. So just something to be aware of. And again, to advocate for yourself. And if possible, go through as thorough of an evaluation as you can. So two reasons I wanted this full evaluation, not just to see a psychiatrist and talk to a psychiatrist was because number 1 ADHD medication is no joke. It is no joke. It's, you know, it's highly regulated, it's addictive, there are, you know, it's it's no joke. <laughs> and I didn't want to make that decision lightly. I wanted to be sure this is what I was experiencing if I was going to go that route. And number 2, because of my previous misdiagnosis with bipolar, I wanted to be sure that this is what I had. So I chose to go the route of doing the full diagnostic process. So as I waited for my appointment for diagnosis, because like I said, she referred me and told me the office would be calling me. So I had no idea when I was going to get a phone call. I had no idea when I was going to get in to actually be diagnosed. I just had to wait, which can be really hard for those of us with ADHD. (laughs) So as I waited for my appointment for diagnosis, I started taking anecdotal notes on what I was experiencing and also past patterns that I thought may align with ADHD. So all those things that I was talking to you about in the last episode, as those things happened, I was writing them down and I even more. I think I didn't even, after I recorded that podcast, I realized there was so much more I could have gone into, but... I'm sure we'll discuss them in later episodes, but there was just a lot of symptoms. And I think this part is so, so important because had I not done this over the course of several months, like every time something happened that was a little bit ADHD, I would write it down, you know, or something happened that was a struggle. I would write down. I would write down my levels of focus. I would write down what the actual experience was. That aligned with the symptom. So, for example, I wouldn't just write down forgetfulness. I would write down, I just accidentally, you know, left my dog outside for an hour and a half, or I just because I forgot she was out there, or I went to the airport and forgot to bring my license and realized when I got there that I forgot my license, you know, things like that. And by the way, both of those are things that have actually happened to me. Like, I forgot that I had an important court date, which that also happened to me. I wasn't in trouble. I was, I was supposed to be a witness, but anyways, (laughs) that was a really embarrassing one flop of my memory, but I was writing those down as they were happening because I think this is so, so huge. If you suspect you have ADHD, please, please do this because I'm quite certain that by the time it was, I sat down to get my diagnosis. I would not have had the words or remember these experiences to share with the people who were who were uh, assessing me. I'm pretty sure that I would not and I think it would have gone very similar to the first therapy session where I would have just been like, "Uh, I don't know. I just have a bad memory. I don't know, you know, and I wouldn't have had specific examples because I had that notebook that I had been filling out for months and I brought it with me to the pro to this appointments and sat down with it. That helped so much. Now, something I want to talk about, the timeline really quick. So the process can vary in how long it actually takes. And that's another reason I think it's a good idea to start taking notes uh, because you might again forget what you wanted to tell them. So for many it can be quite long and grueling and I again, don't have much information about places outside of the United States, what it's like, but I've heard of people being on waiting lists for two years to get an ADHD diagnosis, which is crazy. Other people walk straight into an office and talk to somebody and have their diagnosis that day. So it really varies. I don't want to let, I don't want to let it scare you, Uh, that it can be long and grueling. Now for me, I think it was pretty middle of the line in terms of timeline. So for perspective, I made my initial appointment with my doctor and my therapist in the beginning of November, 2020. So I made the appointment in November, 2020. I had the actual diagnosis in my hand at the end of February. So the process took four months, four whole months. So To me, it felt like forever, but I do acknowledge that also other people wait much longer for it. And I'm thankful that it did happen at a fairly speedy rate. So once I got the phone call from the psychiatrist's office, she went ahead and booked my my sessions and the actual diagnostic diagnosis process. I keep saying diagnostic. I guess it doesn't matter. They're kind of interchangeable, right? Are they? I don't know. The actual diagnostic process took three separate appointments. So the first appointment, I sat down with a therapist. So I actually, what's interesting the way that this office does it, I never even met the psychiatrist. It seems that she just kind of does the analysis of all the tests that you take and all the information that they gather, but I never even met her. So the first appointment was with a the therapist and she sat down with me and gave me a chance to thoroughly explain all the things I was going through. And I took that notebook with me to every appointment. And so I had the chance to share with her all the things I had been experiencing, the symptoms I was having and how they had an effect on my life. And she guided the conversation, of course. And so she made it really easy and it was very conversational and it was just a com- it was just talking about what I've been experiencing and why I think that I might have ADHD. So- we talked about everything from what I'm experiencing now to what I was experiencing when I was younger, what my childhood was like in terms of these things like focus and, and school and all that kind of stuff. But we really mainly focused on what I've been experiencing currently in my adulthood. But I do know that it is a measure that for ADHD, To actually be what it is, it has to have been present your entire life. It's not something that comes and goes or that forms later in life. So we did talk about my childhood a little bit. Now, that was the first appointment, and that was really easy. It was probably about an hour and a half, I would say. And then the second appointment was like a month later. And this is what they called the actual diagnosis test. And they didn't tell me at all what it was going to be. So I had no idea. And it was so interesting. It was nothing like I expected. So I thought I was going to be talking to somebody more about my experiences. But that actually was not the case. So the second one, second appointment was actually like a school test. So (laughs) I felt like I was back in school. So there was memory tests. There was spelling tests, math assessments, verbal language assessments, like verbal memory. So they would say something and I would have to re- like tell me a paragraph and I would have to repeat it back to them, things like that. And I won't get into too much detail because I don't know how much of this I actually can disclose, but uh, just lots of school-like tests. And I they didn't tell me that day what they were measuring, but I kind of assumed that they were measuring things that ADHD commonly affects like comprehension, verbal and written memory, overall intelligence, and focus, and possibly ruling out other learning disabilities. So, and I still honestly don't really know what exactly they were looking for in those tests, and I think that's a good thing, and I think that needs to stay that way, because otherwise, people who don't have ADHD would be able to pretend like they have ADHD. And that is not a good thing because all it does is create more stigma for people who actually do have it. (laughs) And so we obviously don't want that because we get enough stigma as it is. So that was the second part. And that was also probably about an hour and a half. And the third appointment was the review of my results. So they took everything that they gathered in the first two appointments and they explained those all to me very thoroughly and the basically what the, the meaning of all those things are, like my symptoms and all those things. They, they kind of just explained to me what they were seeing and they gave me my official diagnosis, which was combined type ADHD, so hyperactive and inattentive. And they also talked to me about treatment options and interventions and things that I could put into my daily life that will help me stay on top of things and help me be able to really thrive with ADHD and and just things that most people probably wouldn't need and that I wouldn't have thought of, but have been very, very helpful. Things like scheduling and, and putting in structure and really not trusting your memory, writing things down the second you think of them and never relying on your memory to, re- to remember something no matter how small it is. Things like that they kind of were telling me about. And so after that, I had the option to decide what kind of treatment I would pursue. So, let's talk about that next. What kind of treatment am I pursuing? Now, my decision for myself was how I would like to treat this is a combination of medication and therapy and possibly in the future adding on coaching. So, I think it's a totally personal decision when pursuing treatment for anything, whether or not you want to go the medication route or the herbal supplement route or behavior modification route. It's such a personal choice. And I decided to try medication because honestly, I've tried every herbal remedy in the book for my symptoms. So I've taken, and I'm probably going to butcher the names of these, but I've taken ginkgo biloba for for memory. And I've taken Bacopa Mineri for focus. And I've taken this thing called Beelixer for focus. And I've taken, I drank this special coffee from Modere that's supposed to help with focus. And I've, 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 that's like, I can't even remember all the things that I've tried because I've tried so many things. Oh yeah. I bought the supplement called focus factor from Walmart and you know, just all of these things and nothing had worked for me. I mean, some of them worked a little bit, but I think they would work well for someone who doesn't have ADHD to improve their levels of focus on the days that they're struggling with it. But I don't think it can change your brain, right? Like people with actually with ADHD have different brains. And I think I decided on medication because I wanted support. I I thought that that was going to be the best way to give me support. So I've also been obsessed with self-development, so like my entire life. So I've really worked on tackling a lot of these struggles head on for a really long time. Like I have tried every productivity focus and motivation hack in the book. I've listened to every podcast on those three topics. And I will say I've made some headway and I've totally made some progress, but it just wasn't enough to get me functioning like a normal human. And I always felt that way. Like, why can't I just function like a normal person? There's something wrong with me, you know? And I felt that medication could help me take me that next step further, which so far is proving true. So I did have to make another appointment with my doctor to talk about medication options. And that's what I did. So I made an appointment with my doctor. And I am on a very, very low dose of a stimulant medication. So I'm not on Adderall. I was kind of scared to be on Adderall because honestly, it's a little bit too intense. And I didn't want to be on anything that changed my personality or gave me crashes or, you know, anything like that. And so luckily, the medication I'm on, I have not experienced any of that. I felt very normal, just a little bit better, a little bit more stable moods, a little bit more focus and motivation to work, and better impulse control. So in addition to medication, I'm also starting therapy with the aim of better managing my ADHD through some of those behavior modification strategies and handling some of the relationship struggles that come with ADHD because there are a lot of relationship struggles that can stem from this and also hopefully deal with some of the shame that has come from some of those past mistakes that I now realize are likely a manifestation of undiagnosed ADHD. And it just can cause a lot of shame. And so I want to work through that. And soon I am also going to look for a coach. So either a life coach or a business coach that specializes in ADHD adults. I am such a self-development junkie. I love this stuff so much, but neurotypical advice has not always worked for me. And so now that I know exactly how to pinpoint my struggles and find people who understand them through the lens of ADHD, I am so, so excited. I'm I'm really looking forward to the future. And I think there is a lot of good things to come, which just makes me feel so happy. I feel like, <sighs> I feel a sigh of relief that I now can understand myself better and therefore understand how to support myself better and actually achieve these big dreams that I have because I do have really big dreams. (laughs) So if you do, I do want to mention as far as treatment goes, if you do get a diagnosis and feel uncomfortable pursuing medication, then don't pursue medication. This is your, this is your body. It's your choice. Just because I chose that route doesn't mean that you have to. And honestly, for me personally, with absolutely everything, I have pretty much always been this way. I try to heal it holistically first. So whenever something medically or mental health arises for me, I try to heal it holistically. And about 90% of the time, it works. And that's why, like I was telling you earlier, I haven't been on any kind of medication for a really long time. I rarely get sick. I don't go to the doctor. I don't even have a primary care doctor most of the time because I just don't have these random illnesses. Of course, I do wellness checks and the dentist and that stuff. I'll be honest with you, I'm not great at that, but I'm going to get better at it. You know, that's also an ADHD thing, but you know, but I in the most part I'm in good health and I try I try to do it without medication. Any issue that arises most of the time. That's my first line of action. And that was my first line of action with ADHD. Like I said, all those behavior modifications and some of those focus supplements and and supplements, I tried first. And I tried those, first of all, I've been trying those things for long before I ever suspected ADHD. But particularly while I was waiting on that diagnosis, I was testing out different things and seeing how they helped. Because I was hopeful that I wouldn't have to go on medication. It wasn't my first choice, but I, for me, ADHD fell into that 10% of things, right? I said 90% of things can be healed without medication for me in my experience so far. This was falling into that 10% of things that I found could not be healed or solved through holistic solutions. I really tried, trust me I tried. But I ended up weighing the pros and cons heavily. I mean, lots and lots and lots of thought went into this, especially for me who is admittedly a person who's pretty wary of big pharma and medication. I am, I'm sorry, I know, kind of a hippie, but that's just how I've always been. It was it was a hard decision to make, but I ultimately decided that the quality of my quality of life would improve with medication. And my decision was I wanted to start medication. And if my quality of life improved, then I would continue. And if not, if there were too many side effects, too many negative things that were actually making my quality of life worse in other areas, then it wasn't worth it to me because I don't want to have a lot of the side effects people explained like getting really snippy and having these crashes and feeling terrible and having absolutely zero appetite and then binging later. I didn't want any of that to happen. So I decided that I would try it and see how it goes. And so far it has been wonderful. If you are skeptical of medication and you have ADHD, I I will just tell you, I I can't persuade you one way or the other because I think it's so individual. But for me, it has been so such a game changer. My moods have improved. I do have the focus and motivation to work. And I'm not talking about some extreme insane thing where I'm like working for 14 hours a day. I'm talking that I'm able to work for five to six hours a day. Whereas before I was on, I was literally only able to work for an hour a day, and it was first of all wrecking my self esteem because I was like, "What is wrong with me?" But second of all, you can't run a business if you only have focus for one hour a day. It was a big, big, big struggle. So it has been wonderful. I haven't had really, haven't had any negative side effects to be honest. Um, really, just positive so far. But I've only been on it a week. So maybe I'll do an update of how it's going when I've been on it for about a month. If you're interested in that, let me know. Find me on Instagram and let me know, and I would be happy to do that. So that is my experience with the diagnosis process and what I chose for treatment. Now, I promised some resources, and so I want to give you some recommended resources that I have. Again, this list isn't huge because I... I'm just very new to this world. So as I learn of more, I learn more, then I will share them with you. But some resources that I've really loved, I wanted to give you, first of all, the book driven to distraction. So this book is excellent. It's pretty cheap. I mean, it's not an expensive, it's just you can get the paperback version. You can probably get it used. I think I paid like seven bucks for it. But there's lots of stories of other people's experiences. And it's also mixed with practical advice and and step-by-step just things that you can use to help you manage your ADHD. So I don't want to say – I want to be careful not to say heal ADHD because it's not something that can be healed, but managing it is important, learning how to manage it with your life. So Driven to Distraction is excellent. I haven't finished that, but so far I've found it to be really valuable There's also a new version that this same author wrote, which by the way, he is a psychiatrist who has ADHD himself. So that's really helpful. Number one, to hear it from a professional but number two, a professional that has it. It's like one of those things that you can't understand until you experience it. So it's nice to hear it from that perspective. And his the newer version, which I believe just released in 2020, is called ADHD 2.0. And I haven't read this one yet, but I heard that it's great. And I heard that it's actually more ADHD friendly than the first version because it's shorter. And I think it's just broken up it kind of more comprehensively. So I haven't read that one, but I will put it on this list because I've heard that it's great. A couple podcasts that I have been listening to are I Have ADHD. That's the first one. And that's with host Kristen Carter. She is an ADHD life coach. So I swear when I found this podcast, I binged every episode in like two months. And there's a lot of episodes. (laughs) Like I listened to Like I stopped listening to all my other podcasts and just listened to this because it was so awesome. And her perspective on ADHD is so interesting and helpful. And I just love, she also uses the model, which is a thinking, a process of coaching that I use in my coaching. And so I really enjoy that podcast. I have ADHD, by the way, all of these, I will make sure to put these resources, links to the resources in the show notes. Another podcast I have enjoyed, but I've listened to a little bit more sporadically is smart, wait, ADHD for smart-ass women. I believe that's what it's called. Again, it'll be in the show notes if that's not exactly it. And that one's interesting. She has lots of guests on. So hearing lots of different perspectives has been fun. Now, there are definitely more, but these are just the two that I've been listening to. And it's interesting because the host of the first one I was telling you about, I Have ADHD does use medication in treatment of her ADHD and the second podcast ADhD for smart ass women she does not use medication and she has is very successful they're both very successful in managing their ADHD and having a normal life and so it's just kind of cool to see both of those perspectives and kind of kind of just have someone to look up to that is successful with ADhD so I like I enjoy hearing their different. Management processes of how they handle this. A YouTube channel that I have found very, very valuable is How to ADHD. And first of all, the girl who does them is hilarious. I really enjoy her personality, but she they're very short videos and she just goes through different things and different ways that ADHD affects your life and gives you strategies to combat them. So that is a great place to start and also to help yourself understand ADHD as well as maybe family members or those around you that don't understand it very well. And that's really it for my resources because like I said, I haven't been researching for very long, but if you want to watch me go through this process and kind of learn with me all about ADHD, come follow me on Instagram. So I've started posting about my personal experiences and we'll be talking more in the future about health and wellness and how that fits in with ADHD and how you can thrive in wellness with ADHD. On my Instagram. So, my handle is Bright Light Chelsea. That's also in the show notes. So, before we go, I want to really quickly give you my top tips for going through the diagnosis process if you suspect you have ADHD. Number one tip so, there's just four of them. Number one is patience. It does take a long time but be patient. I promise if you are patient and you can wait it out, your time will come and you will get answers, but you do have to be patient and know that ahead of time. Number two, perseverance. So if you feel someone is misunderstanding you, not listening to what you're saying or trying to kind of slap a different diagnosis on you that doesn't feel right to you, don't be afraid to get a second opinion if it doesn't feel right. If it doesn't feel right, it might not be. I highly believe in my intuition, and I've been learning that people with ADHD do have very strong intuitions. So trust it and seek out seek, seek out a second opinion if you feel, um, especially women, because like I said, mood disorders can look like ADHD and vice versa. So it just never hurts to talk to multiple people and just persevere and, and believe in yourself. And my third tip is that I'm something I mentioned earlier, and that is take notes of your daily symptoms. Because like I said, if you actually do have ADHD, when the time comes to sit down with someone, you will forget your specific examples. So just keep one specific notebook dedicated to it or maybe a note in your phone, like in your your notes section of your phone, and jot it down every time you have something that might be something that you remember or something happens that you think is pretty pretty aligned with ADHD. Just write it down. And this one kind of goes hand in hand too with learning about ADHD. Use some of those resources that I shared and learn what it looks like in adults because just going to the doctor, having no idea what this thing looks like is not going to be helpful right you want to do do your own research ahead of time and my last tip tip number 4 is if you can and this is very much if you can because not everybody can do this find a doctor or a therapist or a psychiatrist that specializes in ADHD or at the very least is familiar with it because not all are and that's just the truth and that's nothing i mean there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. I mean, if you think about all the information that doctors and therapists and psychiatrists had to absorb in their education, they had to learn about pretty much like all of the scope of all of these different disorders and illnesses and mental illnesses. And most of the time there, I mean, there are people that have a specific focus. And so if you can find somebody who does know a lot about ADHD, it can be really helpful because I mean, truth be told, the doctor just might not know as much about ADHD that you might know in your research. And again, with the caveat that they are a professional, so don't be disrespectful in any kind of way. And if you are hearing the same things over and over and over again from multiple doctors and professionals, then I think it's time to definitely assess yourself and take a step back and see if there's maybe some pieces you're missing. So yeah, find somebody that specializes in it because they will be able to recognize it better than someone who does not. <sighs> These episodes are hard, but they're kind of hard to share, you know. This is this is something brand new in my life, but again, if you're just at the beginning of this process, I don't want you to lose hope, which is why I decided to dive so deep into this topic because it can be really easy to lose hope and it can be really overwhelming. But if you truly do believe that you have ADHD or you highly suspect it, getting a diagnosis can be life-changing. And not just in the form of treatment, although that's obviously hugely beneficial, but being able to understand yourself and understand how and why you do the things that you do, that in itself can be pretty invaluable. And I know I'm just at the beginning and I'm just one week after diagnosis But I already feel such clarity and understanding of myself and my self-esteem has improved so much. I'm really actually amazed by it. But when you understand that all these things that have been happening aren't your fault, it can really be quite a relief. So, you know, I know I am early on in the process, but that's something that I kind of wanted to hear about before I pursued diagnosis. I wanted to hear about somebody and... Somebody that was going through the process and it was really close to them, close in time and fresh on their memory because I wanted to hear this. So I think that this could be helpful to you. So if you have any questions or you want to talk to someone who's been through it, feel free to contact me on Instagram. If I can help, then I would be more than happy to answer your questions. If I can't, then I'll help direct you to someone that can. Because like I said, I'm not claiming to be an expert on this topic at all, but I want to help if I can. So thank you as always for listening to vibrancy radio, and I will talk to you next time.